Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Welcome back. Okay, so before we get started today, I actually have a bit of a quick update for everyone. Uh, When this comes out, it's been a couple weeks, but if you guys remember, just recently we talked about the murders of Annette Schnee and Barbara Joe Oberholzer. It was more Mm -hmm. recently. This was the case where the murderer was actually seen from an airplane. Like he was in distress and someone had to send help for him because he, not in distress, but you know, his truck had like broken down or something in the snow. This is that case. Where we ended that episode was that I was not able to find anything that said a set trial date for him, Mm -hmm. but that the judge had ordered him to trial. Okay. So he had his trial in September. And he was, in fact, found guilty and convicted of first-degree murder and the other charges of Annette Schnee and Barbara Joe Oberholzer. So he has been convicted. Oh, so they had the trial. Yep. And he was convicted. What did he get sentenced to? I don't think the sentencing has happened yet. Oh, yeah. That always always takes some time. Yeah, because he literally just got convicted. I'm scrolling real quick. Oh, good. Okay. Was was did he? Yeah, get, he's just been convicted. Did he get? Set, con- oh, sorry. His sentence, uh, his sentencing hearing was set for this week. So oh. hopefully we'll get something, and then I'll be able to update you then. But he'll. I mean, he's probably he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. So did did he get convicted because of our podcast? No. Oh, we're not we're <laughs> not that good yet. No, he was already ordered to trial oh, by oh. the time we covered oh, it. We're not good that good yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, but so just a quick little update for you guys in case you were, I said I would be following that one. Yep. Okay. okay. What are we going to talk about today? So today's episode, I, okay, so I had never heard of this person. Probably a lot of people your age <laughs> will know this person. Well, yeah, because this person, person is as old as my father. Yeah, he was born in the 30s or 40s or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like 37, 38. So we're talking today about the murder of Lana Clarkson, and she was murdered by Phil Spector. A lot of pe- a lot of places I found it said Philip, but in the documentary I watched, it calls him Phil. Yeah, so. and this one is not so Hollywood for me because our listeners know that I don't want us to do. We want to do archive stuff. We don't want to do right. stuff that's f- famous Hollywood stuff. We don't. Well, and for me, when I found, I had never heard of either of these people, mm-hmm. so to me, it was. It I mean, wasn't... he's Hollywood, but yeah, but he's old the, Hollywood. Uh, the episode, everybody knows. I don't. I don't like us doing stuff about like. The, you know, like the O.J. trial yeah. or Scott Peterson well, or Casey Anthony or Amanda Knox or... His lawyer was Robert Pimlo Shapiro. Smart or, or all those, yeah. you know. Well, Robert Shapiro was yeah. his lawyer in the first trial because yeah, right. he had two, mm-hmm. two trials. Well, he was ho- a, a lawyer for, for the star, so to speak, yeah. and Spectre was a, a musician a, and a... He was a, a music producer. He started off in the yeah. band The Teddy Bears with, yeah. I forget her name... But he was a music producer. He produced the Beatles' last album. Mm-hmm. He produced all of John Lennon's solo albums. Yeah. Yeah. He A lot of songs that are just like pop culture, like 
big songs. The, what is it? The yeah. Da, Do, Run, Ron or whatever song. That's a really big one. Mm-hmm. Imagine, which I think is John Lennon's. He wrote these songs. You know, River Deep, Mountain High? He wrote that song too. Yeah, okay. Well, I enough giving him the... I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm just but, saying I didn't know but all he, this. But the case isn't necessarily... It, it met my standards, so we're going to do it. We're going to talk There's about it. There's a lot it. of crime scene stuff which yeah. is what i yeah what, what i love but again i don't like we're not going to be doing gabby petito uh you know that kind of stuff we're just not because everybody does those and we're not everybody also please don't watch that let me just put this out here please don't watch that documentary that's coming out for her the family is even set i just want to put that out there yeah. real quick since okay. you mentioned it so don't watch it or watch whatever you want to watch we're just not going to do those it. very famous famous yeah. like you know, popular, mm-hmm. pop culture, famous It has cases. been asked of us, though. Who, who's asked us to do it? A few people have asked us to talk yeah. about, like, the Delphi well, murders. Which oh, that's true. Yeah, there's yeah. been an update now, on that. Right. Now, we did, like, the Girl Scout murders, right, yes. which has been done a few times. That but it's requested. not. But it's not, um, it's not Hollywood yeah. style, you know. Like, Gabby Petito is still in the, um, in the news right now. What? What, because of that movie that's coming out. Yeah, what are we gonna? We're just not gonna. Um, all the information's I out there. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that case. Yeah, I would like to talk about Stephen Avery still, but and know. we're damn sure <laughs> not gonna do making a murder. That's yeah, that's Stephen Avery. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So anyway, but I am. We're gonna highlight Lana Clarkson because this is her. This is about her. She is. Yeah. A a beautiful woman who was taken way too early. And she she was an actress, she was a gorgeous actress. So I'm going to talk about her for a second for a few minutes. Lana Clarkson was born a on gorgeous April. Acts, uh, actress. Oh my! What, what do you? She was gorgeous. But hold on, w- those two things are not related. So was she? A, was she, she was an gorgeous. excellent actress and a gorgeous person? It's kind of sexist what, what you said. What are you doing? It's kind of sexist I what you said. I was just giving, I'm saying she's gorgeous. Have <laughs> okay. you seen a picture of her? Okay. And she was an actress. And she was an actress. Okay. All right. Yes. That's different. All right. That's different. What? What is wrong <laughs> with you? All right. Go. So she was born on April 5th, 1962 in Long Beach, California. She had a brother and a sister uh, and their family moved around but pretty much between Northern and Southern California. Her father suddenly died in a mining, a mining, I believe, accident when she was 16 years old and from there they moved back to southern california she kind of moved out on her own though because i think her her mom in in the documentary i watched said she moved back up to northern california but lana kind of stayed there to pursue a fashion and acting career so she started off as a fashion model she was in here's some of the things that she was in she was in fast times at ridgemont high it was 1982 she was in scarface great movie Hmm. She was in Scarface in 1983. She ha- has a scene with Michelle Pfeiffer in, oh, in Scarface. Sorry, that goes together. She would go on to be known for being in Death Stalker, which was in 1983. Barbarian Queen, which was like one of the biggest uh, franchises that she was in, 1985. And she went on to do a Barbarian Queen 2, The Empress Strikes Back in 1987. Uh, she was apparently pretty popular at like comic book conventions for like all that sci-fi inspired movies that she was in, like The Barbarian Queen. She also would go on to make appearances in Three's Company, Knight Rider, Riptide, and Silk Stockings, among a few other TV shows. Um, and I've heard, like, I've heard of those three at least: Three's Company, Knight Rider, and Riptide. Now, among just acting and being a fashion model, she also volunteered at the AIDS charity uh, Project Angel Food, which would deliver food to those who lived in L.A. who were disabled by HIV or AIDS. 
Um, at the time of her death, she had actually just been recovering from a wrist accident. She had broken both of her wrists and it took her about a year to recover from that. And so she wasn't really working. She wasn't acting and working in that time. She started working at the house of blues in LA. So this is where like the story really starts and takes place is at the house of blues. February 2nd. Oh, hold on. Why do I not have the date? Hold on one second. Sorry. It, real quick. I erased it. Just so you know. Not even um, listening to me. Yeah. But Fast Times at Ridgemont High was from 1982. This was a classic, right? Everybody thinks of Phoebe Cates and Sean Penn. Listen to who was in this movie. So she was acting with these people. Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Nicolas Cage. Uh, let's see. Forrest Whitaker was in there. Wow. Um, she acted with Michelle Pfeiffer. I put that in. Yeah. Eric Stoltz was in there. I mean, I'm just the ones that people might, might know. Yeah. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of a lot of great people. Wow. I just can't yeah. believe the people that were in, in this movie. I just, when you told me that, I forgot she was in that movie. This was a yeah. great. Um, I want to say, too, like, at the time that this took place, the media really clung on to that she was a B-list actress. And that's really what they referred to her as. And that's what they called her, which is, I think, so far. Like, mo- again, I've heard of Riptide uh, yeah, and Three's Company. I think that's only because it, She's in the 80s. She's acting with all these right, great people. But a lot of these other people, too, are, like, unless you made it big, like Sean Penn. Yeah. Nicolas Cage has been a called a B, B actor. And, and Recently, I yeah, think. So, yeah. So, so. Some people did make it out of the eighties, and, and she, she. But if she's acting with these people, she's yeah. holding her own, though. Yeah, you know? she's, I think she. Yeah. From some of the things that I saw in the documentary, and you know what, some I B think. movies are great. Look at, look at. I don't know why they have to be classified like yeah, that, though. They're just movies. You know, we look. Your mom and I look back at all the movies, and we're like, man, Bruce Willis was a B actor. He, was, I think yeah. he's a B, B actor. You know, she would have gone on to do yeah a anyway. lot of great work. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's. I think it's silly yeah. that they do that and. They diminished it's just her the career media, to that. just well, it's just the media regurgitating talking points. That's all. So stupid. You know. All right, let's get to okay. it. Okay, so February second, two thousand three, Philip Spector goes out for the first time in I think like twenty twenty five years. So at this point in two thousand three, his career has he hasn't been doing anything. He stopped producing really after John Lennon passed away. Mm-hmm. He he was very close with John Lennon. Um, and so when he died, he kind of stopped. Somewhere around the same time, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's what someone said in the documentary. So he kind of stopped producing. He kind of was like stayed to himself in his castle. He mm-hmm. lived in this giant castle in Alhambra, California. And he hadn't done an interview with anyone. He refused uh-huh. to talk to anyone in like 25 years. And so this guy from the UK was emailed him and was able to get this interview five weeks before this this Lana Clarkson's death yeah. okay so he does this um was it Rolling Stone I think it was the it's that famous I recognize that cover of him I just mm. never knew that was his name but that last like cover that came out where he's wearing the glasses and stuff oh I think that was might have might have been Rolling Stone I th- yeah I think it was Rolling Stone that was the last one so that he comes out for that interview and then the article comes out the day before this so like february 1st or like the morning of february 2nd is when the rolling stone article came out so he's going out to drink and go out for the first time in a lot of years uh because of this this whole like article in rolling stone and everything he was just kind of like celebrating so he goes out with his friend from high school actually rami davis 
He picks her up at 7.30 at night and takes her to the grill for dinner. Now, she goes on to testify in the trial that he was drinking um, and she had asked him not to because he was taking medication. And she said that it was unusual for him to drink whenever they would go out. He never usually drank around her. And she knew that he was taking medication. And so she asked him not to, but he continued to. So he takes her home and then he goes back out to the grill, which is like the same the same place they were at. And takes he ends up taking the waitress from that restaurant, Kathy Sullivan, mm-hmm. to Trader Vic's. She goes on to testify that he ordered a Navy Grog, which apparently is equivalent to six drinks. A what? A Navy Grog. Navy Grog. Yes. That's like just a mixture of of alcohol. They said it was the equivalent to six drinks. Yeah. uh, uh, Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Essentially, he's just drinking. He's getting more drunk. Then they go to Dan, Dan, Dan Tana's where he orders another Navy Grog and more drinks. Close to midnight, he wants to take Katie Sullivan to the House of Blues. Uh, which is where Lana was working at the door to a VIP room, okay? So when they show up, Lana doesn't know who Phil Spector is. She doesn't recognize him, and he kind of gets upset and does the whole don't you know who I am thing, right? Mm -hmm. She says, no, ma'am, I don't know who you are. (laughs) Well, he had long hair. He looked Yes, and he also this night had like a longer coat, like a trench Mm -hmm. coat on. Yeah. So he gets, you know. What year is this again? What'd you say? 2003. Okay, yeah. 2003. So the manager runs over because someone had told him, like warned him over the walkie, like, hey, Phil Spector's walking up. So he runs over and he tells Lana, this is Phil Spector. Treat him like the owner of this bar. Mm-hmm. Treat him like he's the owner. He is, he's a good friend. He's an important person. Treat him like the owner. Kathy is going to go on to testify that she, he was continuing to drink. He, he wanted her to drink. She didn't want to drink. He got upset. She ends up leaving. Now, Lana comes over towards the end of the night to apologize to Phil Spector because she's been told, treat him like he's the owner, right? (laughs) So she goes over to apologize. She says, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I will take care of it. I'm so sorry for the mix-up earlier. And he ends up, as he's leaving, she's leaving too. He wants her to come back. There's uh, security footage of this that you can see this point he's been drinking this is 2 30 in the morning he's been drinking since 7 30 the last night so from 7 30 to 2 30 he's been drinking and he's heavily. already uh so this was uh, on medication t- no 2003 so Seven. 18 years ago 17 18 years ago so late 60s he, yeah he's already yeah. like 60s <laughs> yeah okay, okay so drinking heavily also on medication don't forget he has a driver and he's trying to convince her to go home and you know at this point like Lana's trying to get back like the reason she was working at the House of Blues is to like she wanted to be the door greeter or like the bouncer so that she could meet people. This was her way to get yeah, back th- in. Th- that's a good idea. Yeah. So like this big guy is asking her to come back and he's asking to have her a drink and she's like, no, no. She goes, OK, just I'll come back for just one drink with him. And you can see that the she's telling the driver, uh, it, I'll just have like one quick drink with him and then I'll leave and you can take me home. Adriano D'Souza is his driver, and that's an important person to remember, so remember him. So they go, he drives, Adriano drives them both back to uh, the castle. That's what they call it, and where he lived. It's a huge... This sounds like Harvey Weinstein shit all over (laughs) again. Okay. So we know that from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., they were both in the house together, Mm -hmm. because everything is going to happen at 5 a.m. Shortly 5 a.m., Adriano is going to testify that he hears a noise, um, and he like looks around, not sure what it is. And then Phil Spector is going to come outside because Adriano is waiting by the car to take her home. 
Phil comes outside with a gun in his hand and says, I think I killed someone. So Adriano is immediately kind of like scared, flustered. He goes inside the door. He sees Lana and she is slumped in the chair. She's got her legs stretched out in front of her. Her purse is over her shoulder still. Mm -hmm. So Adriano immediately drives away. And when he gets down the street and he feels a little like safer, he calls 911. How far into the house did he go? So it's the foyer. Okay. And he saw the dead body. Yeah, she's in the chair by the back door. This is this, so. This is a long foyer. You go in the front mm-hmm. door. It's the foyer, and then the back yeah, door. Yeah, right I remember there. seeing pictures of this. I think. Yeah. And then he says, "Later, I'm out of here." And gets back in the car. And he immediately leaves. Yeah. Okay. And gets away and calls nine one one when he feels like he's far enough away. So mm-hmm. he was clearly like freaked out. Spectre's got a gun in his hand. Yeah. Okay. And like, how drunk is he at this point? Yeah. Seven thirty to two thirty. Well, he also uttered a confession. He said, I think I killed someone. Yeah, or an admission, whatever, confession. I mean, that's good enough for me. So from the time that Adriano calls the police, though, it is 45 minutes until police arrive and are able to. That's a problem. Yeah. (laughs) At first, I thought they said that it was like immediately. But when I was watching the documentary, they said it was 45 minutes between when it happened. When you tell the story, the way you just told the story. Okay, okay. But when you get into the facts and circumstances and the details... 45 minutes, yeah. right? I'm going to say that now because that's important. Yeah, yeah. it's important because yeah. now I want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know. So the gun that he's holding is a 38 caliber Colt Cobra revolver, by the way. Yeah. So when police immediately arrive, you know, they're not sure what they're going to find. Spectre mm-hmm. is uncooperative immediately. He has his hands in his pockets. He's refusing to t- remove his hands. It eventually takes them a taser and some tackling for them to get him down. He's just he's belligerent. To them he's, he's doped up too yeah, right he's he well yeah he's well she he's she was on he's taking he's taking meds and then he's drinking alcohol from 7 30 p.m yeah, 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 to yeah. 2 30 so, in the yeah, morning yeah. yeah how many hours is that he's yeah. heavily drinking yeah so he's he's gonna say initially that it was an accident the gun went off accidentally and then he claims it was a suicide he's going back and forth on all of his words and he's getting angry that they are arresting him and bringing him someplace else right Okay, so now we're going to talk about the crime scene. So this is... Okay, so let's just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. So he lives by himself, mm-hmm. and this is the girl he met at the House of Blues, and he was tracked. He said he convinced her to come home. Okay. So... What time was this that, that the... um? What time did they leave? 2.30, and then what time... 2.21 is when she got off work. 2.30 okay. they left. He... This happens at, like, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. That she shot. The police like get called. What time is the number one call? Like, 10... 5, 10 minutes later. So it's like 5.11 or something five, like that. Okay, so 5. So, so around like so 6 o'clock they let's see, 3, 4, 5. So there's a couple hours here mm-hmm. going on that, that stuff is happening. They're talking, hanging out, drinking, dancing, doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. So uh, in the documentary I watched, it was just released on November 6th uh, on Showtime. They talk about his history of he was lonely and he didn't like to be left alone. Uh, another like new like article. Yeah. This like group that came to interview him, they said that when they were done with the interview, he tried to get them to stay by saying, like, do you want to do another interview? Like he was he didn't like for people to leave. Uh, yeah. There were. So women I'm that guessing this documentary was filmed on his behalf. So her mom is behind it. Mm-hmm. Her mom is in it. Her mom talks about it. Her mom has not done or allowed a documentary to happen in a lot of years. Okay. So her mom is behind it. However, when I watched it. It talks more about him and his life than yeah. it does okay. Lana. Right. So yeah. I don't and really know. We always talk about that, right? 
be careful. Yeah. Just pay attention to what you're watching with these documentaries and who's filming it or who's but who's it's being produced right. for. What side, you know, it's who's supposedly produced for Lana, but okay. I think they spent too much okay. time on him. However, okay. I will say a lot of people that he's produced over the years were in it. A lot of people he's worked with were in it, and they did talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and they they said, yeah, he had some issues. They a lot of people took responsibility too. He has a history of he had a history of like shoving guns. In okay. women's mouths, ra- waving guns around in the studio. All right. So a lot of people did take responsibility for allowing that to happen. Okay. So, so yeah. Crime scene. Uh, you said you've seen the pictures I just mentioned. Lana was sitting in the chair in the rear of the foyer of the mansion, just a few fo- yeah. feet away from the back door. Her feet were, her legs were outstretched. Mm-hmm. She had the purse over her. The gun was underneath her left calf. So when I first read it, I didn't understand. But when you see the picture, her her calves are like almost touching the ground. She's so outstretched. Okay. She's fully clothed and has yes. a purse over her. Her purse is over her shoulder as if yeah. she was trying I to leave. I feel like she was getting ready to leave. Yes. Remember we said there's like two hours. Yes. So, he, she, you know, in my mind right away, you know, I'm going to go and have one drink. So she's been trying to leave. She has that one drink and she's been trying to leave. And she's already got the purse all ready to go, mm-hmm. and she's she's leaving. Okay. So the. I mean, I, that's what that's that's telling me. Yes. And the gun was where? The gun is underneath her left calf mm-hmm. on the floor. So her the way her legs were so outstretched yeah. in the chair, her calves were like touching the floor, and so the gun is underneath her. Okay, calf. where was she shot? In the mouth. The gun was so the cor- specifically from the like court document I read, it said circumstantial evidence establishes that the muzzle of the murder weapon was inside of her mouth when it was fired. And I think that is because the autopsy says that there was a bruise on Lana's tongue that detectives say they believe was because the gun was forced into her mouth. Circumstantial evidence. I'm trying to wrap my head. So there's no gun to me, shot that residue? Would be- Around her mouth or anything? There's no... So, I was going to get to that. All the gunshot residue is on her hands. Oh, man. No one else's. Not his. No one else's. It's all on her hands, which is going to play into the defense. Yeah. Yeah. If if I I mentioned already, he said... One of his... The first things that he said was that she killed herself. So, that's going to be the defense. So, yeah. The gunshot residue is all over her hands. Why would she want to kill herself, though? Yeah. She had an audition on Friday. Yeah. She was Gunshot residue... So also in a stranger's that's home. That's just weird circumstantial evidence. They're calling it circumstantial evidence. There's I think a bruise, the bruise in her mouth. Yeah. So they're saying and her the cir- they're saying the circumstantial pieces, the bruise, they really don't know what the bruise yes. is, so they can surmise that the that the gun was forced in her mouth. Also, and some of her teeth I d I don't I okay. hate to say it. This is some of her teeth were blown out. Yeah. Um there was one of her two te- teeth well, she was were shot found and, uh, on the yeah. staircase yeah, yeah, across she was shot. from her. So yeah. here's the thing. Forcing a gun in her mouth is not indicative of suicide. Right. Um, in my opinion. He also, don't forget, I said he has a history of shoving guns into women's mouths yeah. when they try and leave him. So, okay. All right. I know what I'm feeling right now about this based on everything you told me so far. Go ahead. What okay. else What else for the crime scene? So, here's a question, though. So, the I mentioned the gun was underneath her calf. Uh-huh. It was loaded with five live rounds and one discharged round under the hammer. What does that mean? That's what the court document said. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? So, uh, dis- uh, oh, 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 it took me a second to, to process that. It was loaded that. with five live rounds and one discharged round under the hammer. Yeah. So, they're, they're technically explain. They're explaining technically. That was in the court document. The, the, it's the technical explanation of a revolver. So, oh. a revolver doesn't spit the shell out like an automatic oh, does. Oh, gotcha. So, it was a five shot. They, they got five 
five bullets in there and so they can tell the one, one has been shot one yeah one oh, gotcha, yeah because okay. you got this you could the one behind the um what'd you say the one how do you explain it, it again it said dis- one discharged round under the hammer yeah so where the hammer is that that round when you pulled when you pulled it out that particular one the round was just yeah that it's the mm. one it was just sh- the gun Head. shot one round oh yeah, I it was confusing. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's a revolver. It's how a revolver works. Okay, another important piece of evidence: the rounds that were Smith and the rounds were Smith and Wesson yeah. thirty-eight special plus okay. P rounds. Those oh. rounds hadn't been manufactured in more than ten years, and police would go on to recover a crap ton of that type of round in his house. Yeah, so plus P is um that's what the police used to have. Mm. So it's like extra oomph when you yeah. get shot. And I I didn't know so in two thousand and three It had they hadn't been manufactured in more than ten years at that time in two thousand three. Yeah, so So he he had a lot of them. There's newer and better versions, but that was like the the extra oomph in a in, in a gun. So it's hard for me to explain. Our yeah. our listeners aren't aren't gonna be into that, but but um, okay, so so what you're saying is they hadn't been manufactured in ten years, and they found that type of ammo in his house. Yeah, so in two that's that's circumstantial. Yes. That's that's saying yeah, it's his. Okay. So the top there was a bureau right next to the chair where she was mm-hmm. sitting. The top drawer was a, a dresser partially... for those of you who grew up in a different part. Um... Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> dresser bureau. <laughs> the top drawer was partially open, and inside was a leather holster made by Hunter Company, which was designed to fit a small Smith and Wesson or Colt revolver. Yeah, I don't think we're 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 stretching to find to to understand that the gun was at his house. Mm-hmm. Someone went to that drawer, pulled the gun out. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a gun, does she? There's no record of her having a gun. Yeah, there's nothing that yeah, says so, to believe that uh, we yep. that she This it. is a crime scene. We're putting it all together. Good. And even in his defense, he would say that she took the gun out of the drawer. That okay, she's yeah, the right. It. This, I'm just saying we're painting a picture i didn't yes. yet ne- right, right, necessarily right. say who, who who did what um they would go on to find more leather uh holsters by the hunter company in the house mm-hmm. so just like more proof that he owned that and that was his yeah so to say that like she didn't bring it in and mm-hmm. then just like placed it in there or whatever that's all circumstantial but it's evident nevertheless so then again, master bedroom on the second floor, they found and seized five other guns, Smiths and Wesson, Smith and Wesson, Smith and Wesson, Smith and Wesson, 38 caliber, there's 357 Magnum revolver loaded with six live rounds of the same special ammo, more 38 caliber revolvers loaded with five rounds. Mm-hmm. There was a Browning nine millimeter semi-automatic pistol. Mm-hmm. He had a 25 caliber semi-automatic pistol, high standard 12 gauge pump action shotgun. He had a lot of guns. Also in the master bedroom, they would find a Ziploc bag with eight live rounds of that special ammo. PMC ammunition box with 40 live PMC, mm-hmm. 38 special rounds. Um, second floor office, six more handguns that they found and seized along with more ammo and more of those Hunter Company holsters mm-hmm. that they found. So a lot of it. On top of that, they found a ton of drugs, medications, all of that, ton of it. The picture was like it covered yeah. an entire like sink yeah. thing. And then what I mentioned with the autopsy. So this is all the crime scene. There was also speculation. She had her acrylic nails done. And on her one of her fingers, it was chipped off. Um, and there was some argument to, arguments back and forth between the defense and the prosecution. prosecution. Because I didn't know this. You get a lawyer immediately and your side sends 
their own examiner to the crime scene to look at the crime scene as well as the prosecution. Is that like normal or is that, did that just happen because uh, he's rich? Yeah, it 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 doesn't you it, the police prosec the police process a crime scene. It doesn't belong to anybody yet. The police process it. And then you're entitled to the information afterwards. So they So that's unusual that the defense They had someone go out send, there while it's still an active crime scene? Yes, because the prosecution, um, the lady for the prosecution would go on to testify that she saw the dude for the defense pick up something and remove it. And yeah, what they're is saying the, is that they removed the fingernail. This is the freaking OJ thing all over again. No, yeah. that doesn't happen. When I'm, I so was, just processing was rich and famous. a crime scene, nobody came in mm-hmm. unless I said so. And... You know, or my team, whatever. Yeah. Ooh. So that in charge that <laughs> shut up. <laughs> that like it's a crime scene. It's an active yeah. crime scene. You know. That's what I thought was strange. Like, so I don't understand that. So someone, so a defense lawyer. No, so one was, of his lawyers then. No, it was like the examiner pro- f- forensic dude. I forget no. what they called him. And they saw who. So the prosecution had their own like forensics person. She was like going through collecting evidence. Yeah, that's that, that's the government. That's Excuse the me. that's the that's the CSI no, person. But then the defense had their own person yes. in there. Who? I don't remember his name. It was in the was it a lawyer? No, he was a forensic person also that they like hired. At the same time. Yeah, she was there with him, and she because she testified on the stand that she saw him take something in an evidence bag and then magically that fingernail was no longer on the ground anywhere. I don't understand that. That usually doesn't happen. I'll show you the clip. Okay. That yeah. usually doesn't happen. That's what I thought. I was like, is this just because he was rich and famous and had a ton of money? Why did they let him in though? I don't I don't They said at the time they said it was because he was they were also entitled to examine the crime scene. Yeah, no, too. but no. Not until Yeah. It, because you're not entitled to examine that stuff until it goes in the discovery phase, okay? That's until what I until you're representing the accused, until the accused, the the police are independent. Yeah. From the the, I mean, they're part of the judicial criminal justice process where they're where they work with the prosecutors, mm-hmm. but initially they're the ones that are going in independently and putting together the crime scene. That's what I they, thought. And then it goes to the prosecutor afterwards. Yeah. I'll show you the clip. And then that's when I'll they fight. <laughs> that's when they fight. Police screwed up the crime scene. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Police didn't do a good job. But I don't understand how the defense gets the. Uh, Maybe they thought they might take something and then they could use it against them. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, okay. So that's a part of the crime scene, too. But. All right. So what happened then? Say it again. So that's. The, oh, so it was the fingernail. It was a part of her. Her fingernail. Yeah. Her acrylic that nail. Was, that was in the crime scene. It broke. Yeah. And what did their defense do? What did her. Allegedly, his, his deven- defense took it and kept it and hit it. I don't understand why. He didn't want the prosecution because I think it showed. Looks like they were fighting. Yeah. It showed that she was putting up a struggle, which, by the way, like when I so when we were watching it, Brian was watching it with me and I had said to him when they talked about the gunshot residue, Mm -hmm. she has all of it on her her hands. He has none. I said, well, that would make sense to me if her hands were up here holding his hand and trying to pull the gun. Mm. It would make sense that when the gun went off, she would have it. Her hands were probably covering his. That's true. But why that would make sense to me? Why didn't he have any? I mean, also, he was wearing a white coat, a white jacket. Okay. Right. When they showed the picture of the jacket, there was no visible blood. 
on his jacket. They had to circle these tiny, tiny, tiny dots. Tiny. There was like four or five tiny dots. There was one underneath right here that they tried Mm -hmm. to say would prove that he didn't shoot her because there's no reason it should be up here that she went to shoot herself and he put his arm up like this to like stop her. So that was a little strange to me where I was like, why? I guess it depends on the wound, you know, how, like how, how the 38, sp- yeah, how the spatter. So, Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so the defense also said, so there was no exit wound. There was no exit. Huh? There was no exit wound for how? the bullet. There was 38, no, how? There was no exit wound. So th- what they were saying is that because of that, all of that they showed in like a on the picture, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do the reenactment thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. They showed how all of the blood would come out immediately like this. And so that there should be more blood on him. Who showed that? The defense. They of did. Course. Yeah. That's so that's what they were saying. Yeah. This is now we're into the science of that. I don't understand. Okay. So he's so far, it's looking good for him. Yes. There was also in the bathroom nearby, mm-hmm. there was what was like a cloth diaper. Mm hmm. That was covered in blood sitting in front of the toilet and like mm. another rag. They also would go to test the toilet yeah, and say that there was her blood found. And it was it was her blood that was on the like cloth diaper. Um, and then there was blood in the toilet. So what they were saying is that what the prosecution was saying was that he was cl- trying to clean the crime scene up. Because remember, I mentioned he had 45 yeah. minutes because I said, why? Like. Why did his jacket not have any blood on him? And when they got there, his jacket was thrown on the floor in his room. So they were again alleging that he was spending that 45 minutes trying to clean up and come up with a story. Um, there was also no prints found on the, the gun. They didn't find any gloves that maybe he was wearing? No. So they're, uh, again, they think he used one of those rags to wipe the gun. Oh, the, what was the rag then? There was a cloth diaper and another white rag with her blood on it. Uh, so the prosecution's theory was that he used. Okay. He was trying to clean up and like come up with a quick story. Yeah. Yeah. So he was holding the gun with that, maybe? That he wiped the gun off oh, okay. after yeah, and then the, placed it. That's another but thing. But the GSR thing. I, I don't, okay. That's interesting. Another thing the prosecution and defense were arguing was the placement of the gun. So it was underneath her left calf. So the prosecution was saying if she shot herself, it would have flown. It would have flown like out. it wouldn't be underneath her. <sighs> the defense said if she shot herself, there's that recoil and her she's dead instantly and her hand is like holding onto it with that recoil no one can say where the gun would have landed i don't think traditionally when people when people commit suicide guns go flying i'm not Small sure revolver i'm not sure but i don't think they go flying with that much kickback and there was no yeah i can't i don't think so okay yeah that's what so that's what the defense said right. at the jail uh he he's taken to the jail he's continuing to be belligerent and uncooperative he's not even providing answers to the booking questions he was taken into an interview room to calm down which you which you have to by the way there's nothing about rights advisements that's called just administrative you have to answer those questions what's your name where you're from do your fingerprints here that's not that's not it doesn't require rights advisement just fyi for everybody right an officer has to sit with him the officer is Derek. 
Gilliam. Um, now, obviously, he's not there to interrogate him. He's just there mm. to just sit with him, to calm him down, yeah. to sober him up, and so he can get booked. I read the transcript of all of these, this whole back and forth. When the investigator does eventually come in to, like, see if he wants to talk, the yeah. transcript, it was a drunk, you were, I was reading a drunk person's conversation. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. He was, the, it was just a back and forth of like, did he get his phone call? Did he not? Does he have three phone calls? Does he not? Who did he call? He wants to get in touch with Robert Shapiro. He wants not someone named Jay. Back and forth. Someone's there at the jail to see him. He wants to see them. He wants, he, he doesn't understand. It was an accident. She killed herself. It was back and forth. He was belligerent. And then he gets angry and is calling them names, calling them pigs, like all of these things. He starts talking about his career and how is he, he's a record producer he says he has no idea where Lana got the gun, but that she started waving it around while she was singing one of his songs, and then she placed the gun to her head and pulled the trigger. So that, and that's a direct quote from the actual like transcript. He said that during his interview. No, this is just while he's talking to the oh, original his police guard. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is just he's just yeah, his utterance. On. Okay. Yeah, he goes on to actually like act out like with a fake gun and shows that she put it to her head. And yeah. He's like acting that out. I think I remember that part on TV uh, in the news. He would go on to also say that her DNA was found on the gun um, and not his and that she had Vicodin in her system. So this this is all going to be his defense. Now, remember, he's got a lot of money. He's not sitting in prison between this time and the trial. OK, he's obviously posted bond. So he's going on like a media tour of saying he's innocent. He's saying that she killed herself. He, he absolutely, it's ridiculous that he would uh, kill her. I honestly kind of believe that he was drunk enough to not remember what yeah, happened. Did, did he allow her in, in in his room where the gun was at? They were, it was in the drawer, remember? They're yeah. in the foyer. Oh, it was in the foyer, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're in the foyer and the drawer was open with the holster. So the idea there is the gun was did in the holster. Did they do toxicology on her? Uh, they did, and there was nothing found in her system. Okay, good. That's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. And he, but he of, said, like, not the Vicodin or anything like that. But he said she was on Vicodin, so now his story's yeah. getting chipped away at. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, what else is going on? Did, did he get? Did he, the cops interview him or what? Yeah, and that's he. He doesn't say he's just. It was a belligerent mess of him saying. Oh, that that's she, the transcript you're talking about. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a belligerent mess of him. Yeah, saying he wanted to talk so, to Robert so Shapiro. Was, he wanted. Well, to talk. he's asking for a lawyer. They didn't, they so didn't the, let him get a, get a lawyer. That was the thing too. Like in the transcript, you could tell the the interviewer. So the the interviewer, it's like noon at this point okay mm -hmm. and the interviewer is like dude do you want to talk to me i want to go home because if you're not going to talk to me i'm going to go home if you want your like what's going on here because he was asking for robert shapiro who was obviously at that time you know we're off the this is not too many years after oj we know who robert shapiro is so the interviewer the detective is like what's do you want him yeah. or want me are you going to talk to me Can, i'm going to go if you don't want me that's very much how it was so it was very back and forth okay so they're going to, I mean, yeah, they're going to charge him and go to trial. But again, like I said, he posts bail and he's out. Um, mm -hmm. Then This happened in 2003. They don't get to go to trial in two, until 2007. He wants to have. Jesus, five years later. My God. Yeah. He wants to have all the guns that were seized thrown out of the trial saying that it's not relevant. The state's going to argue that it is relevant to prove ownership, which would also prove homicide and not suicide. Just because he owned the gun? Yeah, so the state is saying the amount of guns that they seized and ammo 
and like all of them having the same holster, all of them being the same guns and having the same. Yeah, it's his gun. Did he not yeah. deny that it was his gun? He said he has no idea where she got the gun. Yeah, he denies that it right. was his gun. Really? Yes. How, okay, so half of his guns were not documented. Half of his guns, because they were bought from someone else before that law that says that you have to, like, they, he already had them before that law was enacted about, mm-hmm. like, registering them, private sale. So half of his guns had no history and were not, like, actually registered to him. But he doesn't know that gun came from his house? Yeah, if none okay. of his guns are now, registered. Now, now, okay, now I'm, I'm tracking because yeah. this is his story's not making sense now. Well, if none of his guns are registered, he can technically say, I don't know where that gun came from. That's not my gun. If none of them are connected no. to his name. Okay, so I see So they're, I see why they're putting their case together this yeah. way because this is what he said to them. Okay. Yeah, so he wants, they want all of the guns. So eventually the judge is going to say, yeah, that can be entered in. Right, the, the fact, it, it still doesn't matter. Um, she isn't, okay, I see what you're saying. So she has no history, record of buying a gun, but he's saying, right. yeah, okay, I got yeah. you now. There's also going to be four other women that were allowed to testify about uh, firearm assaults that they endured by him in the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, that's awesome. Three of them actually in the same home, in his home. Two of them, um, and they testified that it happened after they told him that they wanted to leave and go back to their homes or their hotels because they were in hotels too. Boy, that supports my theory that her, the way she was dressed or whatever. Yeah, that she was with the purse that she was ready to leave. Yeah. Um, and then the gun How, evidence. Three of them. Yeah. Okay. The f- four of them. The gun evidence would also corroborate these women's testimony because he had a bunch of like smaller guns, the yeah. same type of guns that they testified about. And of course, like the public is, this is just off of OJ and Robert Blake. So mm-hmm. like th- they both got off for murder. So a lot of people were kind of scared that he mm-hmm. was also going to get off. <laughs> and even the prosecution, they were like, we wanted to make sure he went to jail after these two big mm-hmm. Hollywood cases. So April 25th, 2007, the opening statements begin. Hold on. What about the driver? He's He testifies. I'm gonna... Oh, you're going to get there? Because yeah. this kind of can tie it all together. Because he came out yelling to the driver, I think I just killed somebody. Yeah, I was about to get there. All right, well, get Thank there. You. Well, the trial is starting. Well, okay, so, so he's witness. Okay. Yeah, so he he's going to testify, obviously, for the prosecution. Now, the defense tries to say... So he, he was... Um, He's from a different com- country. He has a thick accent, and English is not his first language, okay? The defense tried to say that he heard Phil Spector wrong. They tried to say, essentially what they were saying is that you speak in an accent, so you hear in an accent. <laughs> yes. And in this documentary I watched, one of the jurors is there, and he is he's talking about this moment. And he himself is of, a, it looks like, a Latino descent um, and he says, yeah, I was offended by that. Just because he talks with an accent, you think he hears in an accent? He goes, that defense didn't work with any of us on the jury. We didn't believe that for a second. So the defense is trying to say, and he his story does not change at all. He says every single time, he said, I think I killed somebody. I think I killed somebody. But the defense is like, well, don't you think you could have heard, I think somebody was killed? And he's like, no. No. I heard, I think I killed somebody. And he shows them how he was holding the gun. The He was really the main, the, so, the biggest part of the prosecution. Okay. And, and did did they ask any more questions? Like, what did you guys talk about? What what Did you ask him any questions? Yeah, but he didn't. He, he said, he opened the door. He said, I think I killed someone. I looked inside and I left. 
And then they, okay. they they did bring him back the next day. Like he went to the crime scene and he was reenacting with them and he showed them. What took them, him 45 minutes? What do you mean? To call the police. the police. No, he drove and called the police immediately. It took from when it happened to the police getting there 45 minutes. Oh, I thought you said it took him 45 minutes to call the police. That's no. why I said, oh, that's suspicious. It took the police 45 minutes to get there. So that was the speculation of what was Phil Spector doing in that time with those two rags. His ah, jacket was thrown I thought, on the floor. Okay, I thought you meant what the driver might have been doing with him in that 45 minutes. No. Okay, he okay. He immediately left. All right, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. Yeah. Probably wasn't listening to you. I was just going to say I said immediately because that's what's typed here. He no. immediately left. Listeners, help me out in this one, listeners. No, nope, they're going to help me out because I said immediately <laughs> left. All right, okay. I have it in my notes. All right. Okay. So yeah, he immediately left and called nine one one. It took the police from when it happened to getting to the house forty five minutes. Not okay. sure why they don't give an explanation for that, All but right. they do recognize that that was kind of messed up. All right. So yeah, he's the biggest part of the prosecution. Okay. Now this trial is going to uh, end in a hung jury, ten to two, mm-hmm. to convict. Right. So it's a mistrial. Yeah, mistrial. They go back to a new trial in two thousand eight. Uh, this trial isn't as like. A big spectacle. This isn't the media doesn't care anymore. There's no one. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as the first one was. He also has a different defense team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have Robert Shapiro. He doesn't have all those big name uh, attorneys that he had in the first one. And that shows because in that trial in April of 2009, he is convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 19 years to life in May of 2009. Mm-hmm. January 16th of last year, he died of complications from COVID which they uh, say as natural causes. So that's kind of where the, the story ends there. But, you know, her... Lana's Wait a minute. What, when did he get out of jail? He didn't get out of jail. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. He died in jail. He died in jail, yeah. Tw- yeah. Tw- tw- He's like 81 years yeah. old, right after his yeah. birthday. Okay. Yeah. So that's where his story ends. He died in yep. prison. He died didn't really prison. serve a long time. Died in prison from COVID. But, uh, you know, Lana's family and friends, they get together every year on uh, the anniversary of the day she died Mm -hmm. and her birthday. She is, her final resting place is in Hollywood where a lot of actors and actresses and stars are buried. So she's she's in Hollywood where she wanted to be. And her family and friends get together every year on those two days. And And he never, he went through appeals. He never... Now that I saw he didn't go through any appeals or oh, anything, okay. you know. I mean, he maintained his innocence and mm-hmm. continued to say, I honestly believe he was probably so drunk that he d- he honestly does not remember it, mm. doing it. Yeah, I remember that being part of the story, I guess. Yeah. You know. uh, his second trial, he was wearing a Barack Obama button. This, I guess, was at the time of the election, 2008, 2009. Yeah. He did, I was like, why are you wearing that? You're not even going to be maybe, able to vote. Maybe he can get some clemency or something, <laughs> you know, is what he's thinking probably. Yeah, absurd. So, yeah, it's a, a very sad story, but. All right. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, there's some good good evidence in that one, I guess. Yeah, that's But what it I probably thought. took the police some time to get there because. A lot of the evidence, like you said, is circumstantial, and they have to piece this together. I could see it going. Uh, you know. I could see the evidence mm-hmm. going both ways, showing that maybe it was a suicide, but mm-hmm. then also showing the jacket is what. Like, why is there not more blood spatter? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. All I like to hear a little her. bit more about that. All know? of it was the blood spatter was all on her. 
So there, there could have been right a good here. struggle, and and that's what had happened. It just kind of shielded um, everything. Also, she was tall. Mm-hmm. He was not. Mm-hmm. So I find that interesting too. Yeah. All right. All right, that's a good one. Yep. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to this week's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Trickham Archives Podcast. That's where I do all the posting. We're on Twitter at TC Archives. TC Archives Pod, right? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. You're saying all this, this with a question mark on it. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done this. TC Archives Pod on Twitter. And Trick of Archives podcast on Instagram for all the updates. You can go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and tell us what you love about us. Also, we are now on Amazon mm-hmm. Podcast. So if mm-hmm. you listen to podcasts on Amazon, we're also now available there. Mm-hmm. And we will talk to you guys next week. Later. Bye.